Maurice and I would like to take a little time to thank Robert Rogers and all the folks at Parks Motor Sales for sponsoring the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast. When you need special treatment during your next new or pre-owned vehicle purchase, visit Parks Motor Sales at 919 Nashville Highway in Columbia or visit them online at parksmotorsales.com. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint i am chris yow and this is the top of the 10 o'clock hour we appreciate you guys joining us here on the show wkom 1017 fm and on facebook live slash twitter live and everything else that we have we are excited to be joined this morning by uh, George Plaster. George is going to talk a little bit about the the NFL draft and the Tennessee Titans and his thoughts on that. So, George, welcome in. We appreciate you coming on with us. Chris, absolutely. Hope you're well. Hope all the listeners are well. Um, let's let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you were kind of going through last night as you were watching the draft. First of all, two hours to get to the 22nd pick is far too long. It probably is. Um, here's the thing. I don't think the NFL draft years ago was intended to be a television event. And obviously when that started to happen, there's the good and the bad. The good is that we all love it and we all, you know, sit around one night and, you know, it's an excuse to, you know, get some wings and, and a beverage and kick back and, and watch some form of football. The problem, you're right, is the time. But you also have to understand that the teams are in a scramble in certain situations. Some of the trades that went on last night when Chicago – uh, moved up to get uh, Justin Fields, it takes some time. I, I can't say I've ever been in an NFL draft room, but I think we can all imagine that it's a three-ring circus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. But that being said, there was no reason for the Jacksonville Jaguars to take 10 full minutes to pick Tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence, and they only took the full 10 minutes because – Television told him to. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't disagree with where you're going. And perhaps uh, smarter minds, a little bit like the baseball pitch clock, need to get in a room and say, look, if you know, do us a favor, do us a solid, and get it over with and get it moving. Because the quicker it moves, the more the viewers like it. I, I, I can't disagree with you on that. Yeah, it is what it is. We we all knew the first two picks what they were going to be. Uh, any surprise after that? Were you, were you surprised 
any, anywhere else? You know, I guess um, I, I guess deep down, I had thought Atlanta might trade their pick, but Pitts is such a beast. I mean, I think there are a lot of people that believe he's got the potential to be one of the all-time great tight ends that has ever walked the face of the earth. And so I guess maybe I shouldn't be surprised. So I'll kind of leave it at that. Yeah, I guess the biggest surprise to me was that it was Trey Lance to San Francisco rather than Justin Fields. But I I guess one and the same maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Well, I think it's – a. Chris, I think it's a fascinating process because anybody who sits here and tells you, oh, I absolutely know. No, you don't. Nobody knows. Only God would know for sure. And, um, you know, in that process, a lot of this is very little more than a flip of a coin. We don't know. Uh, For instance, let, let me take one from two or three years ago. Most of us who watched Lamar Jackson, we all knew that the guy really has running ability. I mean, Helen Keller could figure that out. <laughs> but when I watched him, when I watched him throw, he's got that little sidearm flip like Vince Young used to have. And coming out of college, he was not very accurate. Now, some people would argue, well, he still had some of the same stuff on the pro level but he's also had a heck of a career early. And so when you try to, you know, watch this stuff and, and project to the future, you know, you might as well be flipping a coin. No doubt. Uh, the Raiders doing Raider things, taking a guy that was graded mid-second round in the first. Uh, <laughs> and Travis Etienne to the Jaguars. You already have a running back. What What, what are they doing <laughs> Other than trying to help the Titans, apparently. Well, it sounds to me like there might be a trade in the works somewhere Uh, in that deal. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you never know. Um, The other thing is it seems like Urban Meyer early, uh, you know, obviously, Lawrence appears to be a guy that you pencil in for the next 15 years. But it also seems like with that pick, if it's not a trade, it's Urban Meyer saying, I'm going to draft to the programs that have been winning, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemsons. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues in days two and three. Yeah, them and everybody else. Six Crimson Titers go last night in the first round. That was not at all surprising for most people, I don't think. And I think Najee Harris will be a great stealer. Fits that program really well. I agree with you. You know, when you, when you use that term, six first-round draft picks, That's I mean, insane. that is startling. Oh, it's, it's absolutely insane. And it speaks to the level of recruiting that they're able to do at Alabama. And I guess recruiting is the wrong word because I think Nick Saban has been there now long enough. He's selecting. He's not really recruiting. Mm-hmm. And that really separates him from about 95% of the programs around the country. Yeah, no doubt. And and that's not that's not it. Out of that 2017 class, two first-rounders last year. So eight first-rounders out of his 2017 class. <laughs> it, it's just, I mean, it's, 
incredible. It's, I mean, when you hear that stat, you're like, my God, how in the world could any group amass that? The answer is Nick Saban has. And you look at it in the national title game, they basically were four touchdowns better than the team they played in the national title. It was over by the middle of the second quarter. You know, it's not the only time it's ever happened, but the gap between Alabama and the rest of the field last year was almost embarrassing. No doubt, no doubt. Speaking with George Plaster on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Uh, Let's talk, let's kind of get into the Titans now because the Titans go with... uh, one of the one of the four or five players I think everybody kind of had on their board, and I think Caleb Farley is a good pick, but it doesn't come without some risk. And this is not this kind of seems to be uh, John Robinson's mo: risky picks in the first round. Sure does. Um, I thought he would really play it safe. Uh, off of what happened with Isaiah Wilson a year ago. I thought he would draft, you know, as best he could, a terrific player, but also something that would approach a choir boy. I I say that with Farley, some of this is medical. Um, You know, hopefully they know what they're doing in this deal. Um, I will say this. uh, Robinson's not afraid to take a risk, is he? <laughs> Not at all. He he has zero uh, issue with putting his his job in the hands of somebody with an injury. I mean, my goodness, you you think back to Jeffrey Simmons, and, and it worked out well. And perhaps this is Jeffrey Simmons two point and and I, and I think it very well could be. I mean, Caleb Farley is a very very good player. There's no doubt about that part of it. Uh, if you watch some of his Virginia Tech stuff, it's really impressive. Uh, there's certainly a need with the Titans. Uh, they addressed a need last night, and hopefully th- their attempt to address it is the right thing. Now you kind of say, okay, wide receiver, offensive line, I still believe they better go get themselves a quarterback. Um you know, where Robinson would really leave himself open to some serious criticism. God forbid that Ryan Tannehill has something like a season-ending injury, but is anybody really comfortable with Logan Woodside? And I don't mean that to totally be critical of the young man, because the fact of it is none of us know. We've never really seen him. They've seen him for the most part in practice and these meaningless preseason games But I don't know about you, that's not quite the insurance policy I think they need to have as a team that, you know, is a legitimate contender to get to the playoffs and maybe make a run in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, Logan Woodside was fantastic in the AAF, but that didn't last very long for anybody. So, I mean, you can't – and then you you go look at a guy who was probably the most prolific quarterback in that league, and he – couldn't he couldn't do anything for Washington now that's Washington but neither here nor there uh so yeah you're right I I think they certainly need somebody uh to fill a backup role more than Logan Woodside and perhaps they're just gonna say hey you know if if we get to a situation where we've got to have a quarterback and Ryan goes down 
we'll make we'll worry about that when we get there and try to trade uh because i mean there is a player out there who is available and could step in and be serviceable as a backup um that's not doing anything you, out in las vegas uh who are you thinking of <laughs> marcus mariota yeah i mean ship is safe you say that, but I mean, if if there's a if there is a season-ending injury, I mean, that's a guy that you could trade for. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, you're right. Have have players ever played for the same team more than once? Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, when I give what was kind of a flippant answer, do I have any proof that they wouldn't go there? Absolutely not. Um, I'm just I'm just going on a hunch there that that ship has sailed. But the the bottom line to the thing is, are they going to take a sixth or a seventh round pick and try to go get a quarterback that you know maybe gives Logan Woodside some competition? Here's the thing: I'm sitting here babbling. I'm sitting here outside a post office babbling about something I really don't know. Uh, as well as they do. They're the ones that have been able to see him in practice. Sure. We've seen him in games, which doesn't tell us a damn thing. So um, it, it's kind of a dicey deal. Oh, there's no doubt. And, I, yeah, sure, a late-round late pick to go get a guy, you know, who, who there's no – I mean, there are so many options out there. There are 121 FBS teams and another 100 FCS teams. So – there's plenty of folks out there who can play quarterback at the, at the sixth and seventh round level, and maybe give your backup a you know some competition. I, I don't see any reason there. In the second round, though, you have to. I mean, tonight you've got to hope that you can get a wide receiver that can step in and play immediately, right? That's what I think. Um, when, when they lost Corey Davis, that to me signaled okay. This has got to be one of the top two or three priorities in the draft. I mean, I would assume it'll be a second-round pick, but they may look at the board and say, you know what, here's another need, and we can go get that receiver in the third. Um, that That's the way I would assume they'll go tonight. I, yeah, I mean, you would assume that. <laughs> um, but I, I've got to – here's my thing. And we talked with Teresa Walker earlier this week about this. There's a guy out there who has a similar size build to Corey Davis who we've seen play in the Southeastern Conference, but because of his detrimental quarterback situation, we don't know how good Josh Palmer out of Tennessee is. But on the physical side, this guy looks like he is perfect for the Titans system. And that, to me, is what is so interesting about trying to project. Because here's a kid that's got unbelievable athletic ability. But you're right. Their quarterback situation a year ago at the University of Tennessee makes it very difficult to try to project what he really is. And so, you know, it's the beauty of the draft. I mean, you know, four million people didn't think Tom Brady was any good back then. <laughs> what did the guy last to, the sixth round? Yep. I mean, these are people that are paid to sit there all day, every day in front of a computer and scour through all this different stuff 
And they none of them thought Brady was worth a damn. And, you know, he's turned out to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And so when all of us sit here and babble all this stuff, are they 100% right? No, they have more information than we do. But oftentimes that doesn't mean anything. And Brady is the poster child of that. There's no doubt there. And Isaiah Wilson is the poster child for that. I mean, on the other side of that that spectrum. Well, let me say let me say this about the Isaiah Wilson thing because I think Robinson has gotten off pretty easy in this deal. He really has not come under the kind of criticism that I think in some cities he would. the The whole concept that you know there was nothing there that would lead you to believe anything. Yeah, there was. There were there were college coaches who were discussing his level of maturity. Now, I'm not saying that you back away from taking him at some point, but they really stretched to make him a first-round pick, and it blew up in their face. And the thing you worry about is when you bomb on a first-round draft pick, and in particular when you know it less than a year later that you've got to get rid of him, that, that there's a detrimental effect to your franchise because first-round draft picks – are supposedly like gold. And on that one, Robinson and that that scouting staff, they didn't do a very good job. And, and you know, it warrants some criticism. Fool's gold. There it is. Oh, man, George. A little bit like gifts, a little bit like gifts to the people. <laughs> right. George, we are uh, coming up against a break, but I do want to thank you for taking some time out this morning to join us here on the show, and we appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you here soon. Uh, we won't even talk about the Braves because they didn't even play last night. They did play. They no, just no, they didn't. didn't. Play. <laughs> Let me say this. They played. They didn't pitch. <laughs> uh, but at least Ozuna got another homer, so we'll take that. Yeah. Anyway, George, thanks. We appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Anytime, Chris. Take care. All right. George Plaster on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. When we return, more draft analysis on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast brought to you by Parks Motor Sales. Don't forget to listen each day live 9 to 11 a.m. on WKOM 1017 FM in Columbia. Also visit our website sm-tnsports.com for more local sports coverage in Southern Middle Tennessee.